It's October 11th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cottonor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Reuters is reporting that Russia rained cruise missiles on busy Ukrainian cities yesterday in what the U.S. called horrific strikes, killing civilians and knocking out power and heat with its most widespread air attacks since the start of the war. Ukrainian officials said at least 11 people were killed, at least 11 people were killed and scores injured, and suspended electricity exports to Russia while it tried to end blackouts across the country. The barrage of dozens of cruise missiles fired from air, land, and sea was the biggest wave of airstrikes to hit away from the front line, at least since the initial volleys on the war's first day. Russian President Vladimir Putin said he had ordered massive long-range strikes after an attack on the bridge linking Russia to the annexed Crimean Peninsula over the weekend, and threatened more strikes in future if Ukraine hits Russian territory. In a call with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, U.S. President Joe Biden pledged to continue providing Ukraine with the support needed to defend itself, including advanced air defense systems. In my opinion, there's an open question here about what America has left in the stockpile to hand over to the Ukrainian government. Ukraine already has to wait years for additional HIMARS. So do we even have air defense systems to send over? If not, how quickly can we manufacture them? It's good that U.S. and European resolve is strong, but that doesn't mean much if we can't provide Ukraine the weapons it needs. Let's talk a little bit about that attack on the bridge in Crimea. The Moscow Times, an independent Russian outlet, reports that Russian investigators Saturday said three people were killed after a truck exploded on its bridge linking Moscow-annexed Crimea to the mainland, adding that the owner of the vehicle had been identified. Moscow announced earlier that a truck exploded, igniting a huge fire and damaging the Key Kerch Bridge, built as Russia's sole land link with annexed Crimea, and vowed to find the perpetrators without immediately blaming Ukraine. Russia said the blast set ablaze seven oil tankers transported by train and collapsed two car lanes of the giant road and rail structure. The bridge personally inaugurated by President Vladimir Putin in 2018 is a vital transport link for carrying military equipment to Russian soldiers fighting in Ukraine. The Kyiv Independent, an English-language Ukrainian outlet, writes that Belarusian dictator Alexander Lukashenko gathered top military command yesterday as Russia was bombing multiple Ukrainian cities. Lukashenko supported Russia's attacks, adding that his country began the process of creating a joint regional military command with Moscow. He didn't explain what the new military formation would be tasked with. Quote, We launched this process maybe a couple days back, said Lukashenko. He once again accused Ukraine of plotting an attack against Belarus. No evidence had been presented. Belarus's Security Council secretary, 
added that Belarus is taking an active part in Russia's war against Ukraine by performing some duties. Russia has used Belarus's territory as a launch pad for its recent bombardment of Ukraine. Elsewhere, shares in major Asian computer chip makers have slumped after the U.S. announced tough new measures to restrict sales of technology to China, the BBC reports. The U.S. said it will ban American firms from selling certain chips used for supercomputers and artificial intelligence to Chinese firms. The rules, which were announced on Friday, also target sales from non-U.S. companies that use American equipment. On Tuesday, shares in Taiwanese chipmaker TSMC tumbled more than 8%. Tokyo Electron in Japan fell 5.5%, and South Korea's Samsung Electronics lost 1.4%. The fall came after stock markets in Taiwan, Japan, and South Korea reopened after being closed for public holidays on Monday. According to Deutsche Welle, more than 150,000 migrants have crossed the jungle that links Panama and Colombia this year, according to official data. The jungle between Panama and Colombia that divides the northern and southern parts of the Pan-American Highway, known as the Darien Gap, is one of the world's most perilous migration routes. Panama's National Migration Service said that 151,582 migrants made the crossing between January and September. That included over 21,500 minors. Last year, over 133,000 people crossed the Darien jungle to reach Panama. The vast majority of the migrants came from Venezuela, Panama's ombudsman's office said. Panama has urged neighboring countries to provide humanitarian and health assistance to migrants along the Darien Gap. As reported by Al Jazeera, Lebanon and Israel have reached an historic deal to end a long-running maritime border dispute in the gas-rich Mediterranean Sea, according to negotiators from the two countries. Lebanon has obtained its full rights, and all of its remarks have been taken into account, said Elias Boussab, the negotiator. He added the final draft takes into consideration all of Lebanon's requirements, and we believe that the other side should feel the same. Israeli National Security Advisor Ayel Halata, who headed the Israeli negotiating team, echoed Saab's remarks. All our demands were met. The changes that we asked for were corrected. We protected Israel's security interests and are on our way to an historic agreement, he said in a statement. The United Nations Security Council yesterday was evaluating options, including the immediate activation of foreign troops to help free Haiti to help free Haiti from the grip of gangs that have caused a scarcity of fuel, water, and other basic supplies. The letter, which was seen by the Associated Press and has not been made public, said one of several member states would deploy the force to help Haiti's national police. It also states the Secretary General may deploy additional UN capacities to support a ceasefire or humanitarian arrangements. The letter was submitted after Haiti's Prime Minister, Ariel Henry, and 18 high-ranking officials requested from international partners the immediate deployment of a specialized armed force in sufficient quantity 
to stop the criminal actions of armed gangs across the country. The Secretary General said the issue is a matter of urgency, noting Haiti is facing an outbreak of cholera amid a dramatic deterioration in security that has paralyzed the country. In lighter news, officials in a Utah city are investigating the cause of a foul odor reported by residents, and it doesn't appear to be coming from the sewer. Residents of North Salt Lake City said they noticed the odor Thursday morning, and multiple locals compared the smell to rotting meat. Sherry Pace, North Salt Lake City Community Development Director, said the odor reached City Hall, and police and building inspectors reported detecting the stench all around the city. Residents said the smell dissipated with evening winds, but the cause of the odor remains a mystery. In unrelated news, the first annual DSR Daily Brief Underground Barbecue in Salt Lake City has been canceled. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Anya Prusa, a senior director at the Albright Stonebridge Group, about the elections in Brazil. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.